0: the SEO side especially. is like making these small investments into your community and into your website that will generate long term results for you.
1: Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, where we're dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And I believe running an online business does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, Electric Eye is here to help. To apply to work with us, visit electriceye.io slash connect to learn more. Now let's get on with the show. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest Ecommerce. My name is Chase Clymer coming to you from Columbus, Ohio and down in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm welcoming Ryan, the co-founder and head of Search at Trigger. Ryan, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much, Chase. It's exciting to be here, man.
1: Absolutely, uh, I'm excited to kind of dive in here. Uh, you had a very tactical approach for how you wanted to do this, uh, but before we get into any of that stuff, let's kind of just talk about your history. Uh, you know, what excites you about e-commerce and how you ended up here?
0: Sure. Yeah, great question. Um, you know, I've been in the search engine. World for uh, about 13 years now. I got started on the, more on the lead generation side of things with like car dealers and uh, hospitals and all that kind of stuff. So um, I spent a lot of time on the lead gen world, um, which was fun. But after exiting my last, uh, my last company, which was working with um, hospitals and B2B hospitals, which was kind of, um, I'll just go ahead and say boring. Uh, I decided, hey, you know, I want to do ecom. I want to work with companies that are selling fun things to people who say this is something that will add value to my life. I'll give you my money for it. So I get to now do that all the time. I work with a couple ladies in Trigger, uh, Christina Rado and Lane Hoke, who cover the, um, the non-search side of things. They do Instagram, Amazon, email, that stuff, so that we can bring a full ecom package to marketing any of our uh, clients' products.
1: Awesome. So that's fantastic. I I do agree that uh, lead gen is just a whole other beast. But a lot of the, I guess maybe the strategies. It's kind of like once you understand like how lead generation or you know prospecting works. You know, it's kind of just like make it work for like whatever your goal is. Am I saying things that make sense?
0: Oh absolutely yeah and i would agree wholeheartedly like making the transition from lead gen to ecom was no big deal uh, it's just more about the speed at which the data can move especially since it's b2c that we're dealing with as opposed to hospitals where you're delivering leads on you know knee surgeries or something like that uh, the data sets are too small and you're handing off a lead to someone who's sitting at a cubicle and doesn't know how to speak to a patient so in this case we now get to you know through google analytics and uh, shopify's interfaces and stuff like that we to see the result of our work um, far more rapidly and that's that's so much more rewarding
1: yeah that was also one of the things that was scary to me as I was getting into ecom but then once I realized wait everything has like a value and Shopify makes it so I can't screw anything up on like the payment side like this is awesome let's dive all in because On the Legion side of things, uh, way back when, you know, you're based upon a bunch of like assumptions, you know what I mean? You're like, we are assuming together, agreeing that this is worth X amount of dollars to you if it happens. And then you're kind of like going back up the funnel. It's a lot more work. Being on ecom is great because you can just be lazy. It's like, it's worth this because robots say so.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, I really love the idea that you can now calculate the average order value, the revenue. You mean like you can just, it's so much cleaner. Everybody's so much happier, right?
1: Yeah, it's sometimes the funniest thing is like, you know, we're going down a rabbit hole here about Legion, which no one cares about. But like, I do want to say this I remember talking to some clients way back then, and like, I would walk them through the math of like, this is what your cost of acquisition could be. And they'd be like, I can't afford that. And I'd be like, I just wasted so much time. Yep. Yeah. It's just fun now to just be like, hey, here are all the numbers from a spreadsheet. Like, let's go.
0: Yeah. I don't think it's outside the bounds of someone uh, who's running e com to be thinking about this, of course, though, because, you know, um, the like one client we've worked with for a while now. They they do they're obviously an e commerce business, but they actually have a certain amount of lead gen quality to them because their products are so high caliber uh, and their service is so white glove that a lot of times people will call them. And, uh, and look for validation over the phone. And sometimes you can transact over the phone, not through the website. So there can be a certain uh, you know, contact us kind of mentality to an e com business that is important to keep in mind because at that point it is almost more of a lead gen mechanism than it is a pure uh, hard and fast dollars in, dollars out scenario.
1: Yeah, I would uh, kind of equate lead generation to uh, your prospecting or your top of the funnel strategies, uh, on, like in the e commerce funnel. Yeah. Uh, I think that they're yeah. pretty much the same thing. People are kind of looking for answers, but they're not there yet. Uh, so it depends on how good you are at educating them and explaining the value behind your offer and whether or not you're going to win that business. Sure. Want to get each new episode of Honest e commerce sent straight to your phone? join our VIP texting list for updates on new episodes and exclusive deals from our partners. Text Honest VIP. That's H-O-N-E-S-T VIP to 72599 to join. By the way, we're powering our text messages with PostScript, the number one text message marketing app for Shopify stores. Check out the show notes for a link to install PostScript for free today.
0: Yeah, and it's great you uh, you said that because we can talk about explaining the uh, value now because that's really what SEO comes down to, right? Is explaining things and uh, getting them in front of people.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think any any sort of investment that anyone's going to make in their business is all about like what's the ROI I'm going to see, or like what's the value this is going to bring my business. So let's talk about investing in SEO and, and why that's valuable.
0: Sure. Well, one thing that we like to think about here at uh, Trigger is is kind of more on the organic side. And when I say organic, I don't mean just SEO. We think of uh, social from the organic perspective. We think of email as kind of an organic mechanism, right? So, I think for the big picture of a marketing strategy to the Shopify businesses out there, they have to be thinking about organic channels in order to think about like the long term of their business. Because as with every paid channel, if you turn it off all your traffic goes away. Sometimes that's helpful. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you're going to get... If you if you were to aggregate your ROAS or your just straight up ROI, um, if you've got organic channels to bolster um, the paid ones, then you're obviously going to have a better return on investment in aggregate, of course. So we like to think about things from that organic perspective. Because the, pr- the other fun thing is that if you've gotten your organic channels figured out, a lot of times your paid channels will fall in line and have better conversion rates and that kind of thing. So that's how we think about the organic side of things, the SEO side especially, is like making these small investments into your community and into your website that will generate long-term results for you.
1: Awesome. So if we're going down this rabbit hole, I've got, say, a small business. We got some initial wins out there. We're selling stuff organically. It's not just my friends and family anymore, right? We got a little bit of traction. Sure. Where should I, you know, for the more DIYer out there, where should I start to spend some energy? Cause you know, every week there's a new article or podcast or something published, and this is going to be one of them that's like, here's what you should do. Right. So I mean, I guess like, what would be your like your your one key thing or the top three things that someone should be doing to kind of own their SEO presence with like an e commerce business for, you know, that first step of getting things started for a business that's kind of you're like, all right, like I get this. This is a real business now. Let's start to focus on some organic stuff.
0: Yeah, sure. So there's three things I want to get to um, that that every page on a website should have that these uh, business owners can, the DIY folks can go ahead and tackle starting today. And those three things are the title tags, the meta descriptions, and the header uh, elements on the pages, and we'll we'll break that down here in a little bit because I want to make sure everything we do is super super practical for people. in fact, we've got a template and a blog and stuff like that that we can probably I would assume put in the show notes that will um, yep, yeah, so I want to make that available to people um, but I think first two things we really need to tackle because as I was thinking about um today, I realized we we always have to start kind of bigger picture and the first thing is that just like social media or or um Email, you have to have content, right? Like search engines need content to have a reason to link to you for people to want to find you. And it's not just about your product. So if the businesses out there that are listening have websites that are purely um, product, like you're expecting someone to hit your website and just buy your thing, um, then I would say, I would suggest maybe the first thing to do is think about sort of alternate content threads or ideas or values that you can offer to the people coming to your site um, that will. Give them a reason to engage with and absorb your brand, right? Like it doesn't necessarily have to be a blog. It doesn't necessarily have to be pages and pages worth of explainers or something like that. But having something else on the website is not only helpful for the individual who's trying to make a decision about your product versus maybe a competitor or something, but it's also pretty crucial from a search engine perspective that you have that extra bit of context and more pages on the site to link with and to put keywords on, right? So that's first thing is you got to have the content. If you don't, stop and kind of think through that. And so that could be like with FAQs. That could be with any number of like the blog idea thing. You know, how would you use the product? Um, Where would you use the product? Answering questions is is really the biggest piece of search engines, right? Because if you think about Google, it's a what is engine. It's really just people asking questions. So once you've got your content ideas in place. And feel free to jump in if there's questions I'm bringing up because I can just talk, talk, talk. The keywords is the next thing. And I know that keywords...
1: Well, I do want to go back to content real quick here just to... Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to uh, shut down some lazy people, if I'm going to be honest. You guys got to hear this. So uh, here's an example for you, Ryan. And tell me what I'm doing wrong here. I've uh, started a business. And I'm white labeling some products for my manufacturer. And I'm just dumping in all the pictures and, and the copy that they provide to me. Uh, am I going to see any good results with that?
0: Yeah, I would think not. That's where I see a lot of businesses rely on the paid side of things. Um, and even the paid side at that point, you know, you're running your Facebook ads and your Google ads is likely to fall flat because you haven't invested in the extra reasons, the, giving the answers, giving the like context to people as to why these products that came straight from uh, the manufacturer. And the, and the images that you just pulled straight off are of meaning and of validation, like of why you should give the money to this particular business. You have to have all of that there.
1: Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Clavio. Clavio knows modern e commerce is moving fast. Between email, mobile, and web, it can be hard to keep up with consumers and personalize their experience with your brand. Think of Clavio as a central command center for all your digital marketing needs. With email marketing, dynamic website content, social retargeting, SMS automation, and more, you'll take back control of the customer experience and own your business growth. That's why it's trusted by over 30,000 brands like Casemate, Kapari, and Brooklinen. Ready to find out how Klaviyo can help your business grow? Visit klaviyo.com to schedule a demo. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. I also think that manufacturers, when they are writing copy for their products, they're talking about like uh, features and they're not talking about benefits really. Sure. And when you're, when you're trying to copyright for your market, you just need to be talking about benefits really. Oh, yeah. Uh, so there's like a completely different goal. Like a, a manufacturer's product description is straight up to explain what you're buying from them. And the description that your product that you need to have for your customer needs to explain like what it's going to solve for them.
0: Yeah, especially since what I've seen a lot is is I've noticed that Shopify uh, platform businesses are oftentimes more um, lifestyle driven, more social driven types of products, and so you really have to be able to tell that story, like thread that narrative of why this product is valuable in this person's lifestyle. So it's less about you know, does it have a Phillips head versus a flathead screw? It's more like, how does this thing fit into your overall toolkit of life? So, if you don't have those content threads, whether that's a, uh, like a recipe catalog, if you're selling Chinaware or something like that, or outdoor living, if you're selling camping chairs, you know, or just FAQs, like I said before, FAQs can be a really great way of just generating some good content. Uh, if you don't have that, then you, you really have to kind of start there. Uh, and then it gets into the keywords piece of things. So cool for me to dive into that. Let's go. All right. So this is a thing that, yeah, you know, to your to your point, some of the folks out there, whether they're lazy or they're just intimidated, can get uh, stopped dead in their tracks when it comes to keywords. If you're not running a paid search account, which would have meant that you're already engaging with the concept of keywords, and keywords is sort of like this mystical thing to you, the first thing I would recommend to people is just think about your product and how someone would search for it right if you're if you're selling uh, handmade leather goods look up things on google related to that look up handmade leather goods look up local maker types of searches and see if the businesses that show up in google are competitors to you or seem like they would be competitors to you they may be um, you know big box stores or that kind of thing but at least you're in the right ballpark and you'll know when you see else is on that search results page. If you are in a situation that's a little bit more fringe where you say, I don't think anybody knows about my product because it's never existed before, then SEO is a great thing for you to invest in so that you have that base covered. But it may be that there aren't exactly like specific keywords. I like to say too, the other place you can go if you want to get really nerdy is Google Ads is... Uh, they've got a keyword planner that you can just sign up for Google Ads and get access to it. will give you all your keyword data. Or I like to use SEMrush a lot and they've got a 7-day free trial. But if you know what your people would be searching for... And I mean, even if you've been in business for a while and you've got data coming off of uh, Shopify, they'll, they'll suggest some keywords to you as well. So once you've got those keyword ideas, then you have something to work with for the, uh, the elements we were talking about earlier. And I do want to throw out there too, if it's still like a conundrum, the keywords piece is a conundrum for folks. I would love for people to feel free to reach out to me. Um, I can be reached at Ryan at growwithtrigger.com. Two Ws in there. Uh, Just give me a subject line of keyword research, help, put your business name, and I'll happily look up what I can and send something back. Uh, No big deal. Love doing that for people, so I don't want the keywords to block anyone from from doing the next uh, layer of things here. the three things that we talked about
1: absolutely. I think the keyword element of it is probably the most intimidating to be honest like personally i uh, would say I'm a novice search engine optimization er is that the term um but yeah, that's probably where I kind of like fall off and then. You know, I I like to come back once that part of it's done and be like, "All right, cool. I can help out with like writing headers and subject lines. That's fun." So let's kind of get into that, I guess. Once you uh, have got some keywords to play with, uh, and you got some content which helps you produce the extra pages, which I'm sure you're going to highlight why that's important here in a second. uh, What are we doing now?
0: Yeah, so now we're into the nitty gritty of things that that kind of is the title that we were going for today. The three easy wins for SEO, uh, the things that, that a business owner, um, the DIYer could do starting today. And that is uh, the 3-page elements. Every page has these 3 things. It's the title tag, the meta description, and the header tags that are on the page. And I went through just so I can make sure that I had the exact right uh, terminology. So I'm going to be trying to reference the things that the like field names inside of Shopify. Because I think the problem with a lot of um, content management systems is they won't always call the field that you're filling in information in the same field that you want it to be. So for example, every page inside of Shopify, whether that's a collections page, a product page, a blog page, or a, um, just those actual pages, they all have title at the top. Like When you're building the page, it says title, right? and so it can be easy to confuse that title with the title tag. And that's just because that they've labeled it title, but what they mean is page title when you're looking inside the content management system, when you're looking inside Shopify. So I want to be really clear if I can out of the gate here that the page title, so if we're talking about, you know, like handmade leather goods, if you're on the handmade leather goods page and you've named it that that is the page title inside of Shopify. It is not the title tag of that page. The title tag, which is the first one we're going to talk about, that is the thing that um, you see when you're on Google results pages. Like If you type in whatever you're searching for, the results that come back on those pages, the search engine results page is how we could refer to it. The parts that are in blue, the big bold parts, that's the title tag of the page. And then the gray-black writing that's underneath of them, that's the meta description, which is the second thing we're going to talk about. So essentially, we're, we're referring here... The title tags and meta descriptions we're referring to are the headlines and the description copy of each individual page. And you get to craft that for every page on your website in much the same way that you would craft ad copy for your Google Ads, which is not the way that most people think about SEO. They think about it in terms of just putting keywords on the page. But we want to think about it from the perspective of what's the value proposition of this page? Therefore, what am I going to say in my title tag and in my meta description? So if you're looking at the actual editor window inside of uh, Shopify, we want to scroll down to the bottom of that window. And you'll see the section that says Search Engine Listing Preview. And you can click on Edit Website SEO. And when you do that, the first thing that's up is the it says page title there. Again, they've kind of mislabeled things from my perspective. That's actually what comes up as the title tag on the page. That's what would show up in Google where it says page title, and they've given you seventy characters to work with. That is where I would say you put the keyword uh, and maybe even like a phrase that the keyword would live in. So like handmade leather goods or. handmade leather wallets or something like that might go into that page title. Uh, and there you go. You've got your title tag. It's covered. Um, and then the next field below that, just skipping ahead to what we were going to say is point number two of the things that people can do is the meta description. That same area of the page, it says description. It doesn't say meta description. It says description. It gives 320 characters of space for you to work with. And that is what I would refer to as the uh, ad copy, if you will, of the page. I would suggest people just put in one or two sentences worth of uh, information about the page. You know, we're selling really high quality handmade leather wallets. Um, locally made in Austin, Texas, and shop now. You always want to have a call to action there. Because again, this is the first thing that someone will see if they're on Google is that title tag and that meta description.
1: Let's be honest today. All of your customers are going to have questions. And what are you doing to manage all those questions? Do you have a help desk for your business? One of our sponsors of today's episode is Gorgeous. And Gorgeous is the number one rated help desk for e commerce. It integrates seamlessly with Shopify. We have installed it on a bunch of stores. It's also used by brands like Movement and Rockies. And what it does is it takes all of your customer insights and information, brings it into one amazing dashboard so you can solve their problem as quickly as possible. If you want to give Gorgeous a try, visit gorgeous.link slash honest. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot L-I-N-K slash H-O-N-E-S-T to get your second month free.
0: So those are the first 2 things that are what I would suggest everyone go through their website and add, if not uh, modify for every single page on the site. Um, I know that can be daunting. (laughs) Now that I've said that out loud, I realize some people might have 100 pages on their site to to go through. So, you know, take it one chunk at a time, right? Like one product category or just one page a day if you have to, but make it iterative and get through that because anecdotally, but also data wise, I've seen this affect search rankings overnight. A lot of SEO folks out there will say, Oh, you've got to worry about your link portfolio and you've got to, you know, push, push, push on blogs and all that kind of stuff. And all that is true and can be helpful. But I have seen where making a title tag and a meta description focus and include the keyword of the thing that you're trying to sell, I've seen that affect search rankings overnight or within a week. It, it kind of blows my mind how pure and elemental and and like basic it is and how a lot of times it can get overlooked, which means most of the time, if you're in a competitive space, uh, you might be able to pull ahead just doing those two pieces right there. I realize I'm just talking away. <laughs> no, no, no! It's great.
1: It's great. You're just you're providing the listeners with content, and I get to sit here and drink this awesome soda. Um, <laughs> so I do have a few things to bring up here. So you you mentioned, sure. you know, you got the title tag at the top of the page on the SEO product page. It's also yeah. the same on your on your like uh, Shopify blog page. Now uh, people are like, well, why wouldn't I just like let it be the same thing? Uh, and I just like wanted to point out some use cases where that wouldn't make any sense. So, like uh, for example, you've got your product. It's like the West Side Widget. You know what I mean? It doesn't explain anything what that product is. So how would Google know what that product is? So like that's fine to call it that internally, where your team knows what it is and like on the page it can say that. But to Google, it should be like the West Side Widget. Like this industrial tool solves this problem like that's a way better title tag for Google cuz then Google knows what it is and it's going to show up in the right rankings yeah. especially if you're putting like the proper keywords in there so anytime you've got like a more branded product name absolutely need to do this stuff
0: yeah that is man i'm really glad you said that cuz i'm sitting over here in my i'm i'm probably prone towards the engineer side of things i'm thinking keywords 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 but you're absolutely right especially for the for the products that are um, differentiated based on their uh, their quality standards, right, like mm-hmm. the handmade types of things, the uh, yep. the ten x price difference between them and and who might be considered a competitor those those are going to be the things that are um, more likely to have sexy names and not be uh, so immediately obvious that this is the keyword. You don't want to ruin your um, your page look and feel with like jamming in a keyword either. So yeah, way to way to point out that one. I appreciate that.
1: And no worries. And then I just want to talk about the people that have you know stores where they're selling you know a couple hundred SKUs or something. The easiest way to approach this is just go with the eighty twenty rule. Be like, where is eighty percent of your revenue coming from? Oh, it's these four products. Start there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I have seen. I've not. I've not approached it in bulk before myself, but I have seen it where you could just download the whole product inventory, edit those fields, and then upload. Of course.
1: Yeah. You can do that uh, you can do that as a excel spreadsheet uh, if you want it to be a lot easier I honestly recommend uh, here's a shout out to my boy Maris at uh, excelify just download the whole thing from excelify you can even like get it like uh, a little bit more segmented down to make it easier on you and you can just download it as a spreadsheet do that stuff in Excel and then just upload it back so now you're not modifying one page at a time you can do it like 10 or 20 or you know if you're feeling a little crazy 100 at a time
0: Yep. Yep. Exactly. I actually walked into uh, a uh, music shop near my house here one day and I found a guy behind the register doing that exact thing. With their, uh, it was a guitar shop. They had just tons and tons of guitar gear and he was filling out that information. And I just looked over the register and I said, Oh, oh wow. Yeah. You've got your work cut out for you. You've got a massive spreadsheet to fill out there. So I didn't interview that guy's task, but I know it's uh, it's a, a way you could tackle it if you've got hundreds of SKUs for sure.
1: Yeah, but it's just it's it needs to get done. You know, it's yeah, it's yeah. the it's one of the things that we always notice when we're looking. At, you know, auditing websites, we're like, hey, here's some low hanging fruit. Just go do that. Yeah, uh, it's gonna actually help in the long run. So, okay, we talked about the title tags here. We talked about the, the meta description, which comes underneath it, kind of in the Google results, and it's the same thing on like all the other search engines. They all are based on Google. Let's talk about one that's a little more. Uh, I guess a step further and talk about the the header stuff. Uh, so how do we how do we kind of get into
0: that? Yeah, right. So the headers that's actually even easier to like see and kind of wrap your head around. The headers are exactly what you think they are when you look at a page. It's the big bold print, right? It's the name of your product. It's the subheader that says like product features or something like that, and you can edit that in the um, the content window on any page. You know, Most of the time, you're just filling in copy, you're doing bullet lists and stuff like that. But that upper left um, icon or button right underneath where it says content inside your editor window of any page, when you hit that drop down for formatting, you've got paragraph, heading one, heading two, heading three, heading four, right there is your headers. Uh, the way that Google looks at pages of your of your website is as if it was one of those documents from back in uh, library days, right? Like they're looking for the punchline of what this page is about, and they're looking for those cues from the title tag, the meta description, and the headers, the so H1, H2, H3. Quick caveat there: if at all possible, you only want to have one H1 on each page. Sometimes the way that um, websites can get coded might include more than one each one so if you recognize that avoid having an extra one but you can put as many h2s as you want on the page and h2 might be where you get into your like uh, your your category for faqs or if you're writing blogs the subheaders about those um, products that you're writing blogs about or about recipes you know if you need to put an ingredients list or something on there you would probably make that ingredients list uh actual words that say in green, so you might make that into an H2 or an H3. So that you're giving your page more structure. Because again, Google is kind of like a big library.
1: Yeah. That's a great way to kind of point it out.
0: Yeah. I mean I'm old enough to remember when there were card catalogs and um, green screen things at the library. And so if you are familiar with that, if you come from that uh, train of thought, or if you've ever had to do Google Doc or Word Doc formatting, right, where you have the option to do Heading 1, Heading 2, all of that is, is to serve the, the reader or the library. In understanding what this page is about, and that's really all Google wants to know is what is this page about, and that's where the keywords come back in. Is like, oh, I know what this page is about. It's about this keyword, and then when someone searches for it, I can connect that dot and I can put this document or this web page in front of them.
1: Absolutely. So to kind of just riff on, we've been talking a lot about how Shopify does it, and I don't know per se about many of the other ones, but I'm gonna go out on a limb here and guess that they all do it too. Uh the title tag at the top of the page that confuses you for like the google s e o result is usually what gets dropped in onto the product page as the title of that page yeah, um quite often it's that is the only h one on the page if it's a well built theme, it should be the only h one on the page um so you're gonna have to get a little bit more creative about putting your keywords in there or you can just let it be the name of the product and then focus on the h twos uh kind of as Ryan has just pointed out here,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I was actually running into that the other day with um, with one of the projects we we're working on, where I said, "Oh, you know, some of these product names, um, while absolutely appropriate for the user, you know, like strings for this niche instrument, you know, when I look at the keywords, what I see people are searching for is actually niche instrument strings. So in that particular instance, I could flip the wording around on the actual product." Name, and that gave me a different configuration of the keywords in the h one as it appeared on the page, um, but you can't always do that in which case you kind of have to default to figuring out how to squeeze those h two those heading two tags in there
1: absolutely yeah, so uh so let's let's kind of just recap for everybody uh just don't be lazy and write your title tags, your meta descriptions, and you know if you can jump in there and tackle the headers. I would say for like a product, unless you're writing some insanely long form sales page, like you drop in a few h twos after h ones, and you can kind of call it a day there. Um, I don't know if I if I if my just assumption there was correct, but that's kind of my been my recommendation over the years.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Well, um, beyond that, is there anything that uh, y- you think that people would want to tackle, kind of as that that phase one, just getting your basics in place?
0: Yeah, absolutely. The first thing I would suggest, though, right beyond this, because hopefully this has given everybody the the context they need to kind of like wrap their head around what comes out of all this, like what their tactical, their next steps are um uh, for me personally i like to do a little bit more planning um, around things what i was referring to earlier as the template that you can get from our show notes here today is a uh, is a keyword title meta header mapping thing Is it's just a spreadsheet template that i'm going to make sure everybody can have access to so they can sit down they can think about their keywords and then they can think about which pages those should go with and then kind of write the title and the meta description and even think about the headers away from the editor window of Shopify so that you can kind of look at everything, one big picture, one big you know, 30,000 foot view about your product categories, about your collections, about your products. So that you're not in the moment wondering, did I update this page? Which keywords did I use in that previous page? I've written a blog about that thing. Did I write a blog about the other thing, or did I already write two blogs about the first thing? You know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, So I want to make sure we have that resource available. It's actually how we approach uh, kind of being systematic about this this particular aspect of SEO for for customers. But then. Sort of answer your your next layer question. What we've uh, seen just a shocking amount of response on in terms of the search engine loving it is uh, is internal linking on the website uh, itself. And by internal linking, what I mean is when you say uh, you know pick an accessory right like drill bits or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've got the drills themselves and you're on the drill page and you want to point out that people could purchase drill bits. Instead of saying, buy drill bits here and then make the word here the link that goes over to the drill bits page, instead you say, we have... A variety of drill bits, and you make the word "drill bits" the the text that you link to, and that seems kind of silly in a lot of ways because it's so simple. But what it actually does is gives Google the opportunity to say, "Oh, oh, that page over there is not just another page of words. It's important for me to understand that that page is about drill bits, and this link on this." You know, product page points me there, and now I know that. And if you do enough of that throughout the site, uh, then you're giving Google a better understanding of which pages are about which things and which pages have the priority of those, you know products or of those content types. So I would say once you've mapped out, and done the title tags and meta descriptions, headers, and everything, you'll have a really good sense of like the breadth of your website. So you might as well also be taking some steps to link different pages and different categories of the website to one another. One of the projects we're working on right now has a lot of. Uh, education like um, resources for how to, how to learn how to play the specific instrument in mind. And so we want to always be thinking about like, here's a, a video to explain how to play a song. And here's another video on a different page that talks about the chords one would need to be able to play to play that song. So you want to link those two pages back and forth. And in both cases, note that you can purchase strings or purchase the end product um, on those product pages. So, you're always like making sure that Google sees the system, the web that is your website.
1: Absolutely. And I think that, you know. What we've talked about here is easily something you could tackle in a weekend. like honestly, if even if you've got a higher SKU count, you can, you can knock out the title tags and, and all that junk for like the more popular pages, uh, you know the ones that are actually making you business like yeah. easily, I would say in a Sunday afternoon because that's when I did it for, we just built a new website for our company, for the, the agency, and I just sat down on an afternoon and just thought about it and just knocked them all out.
0: Yeah, exactly right. The elephant can only be eaten one bite at a time, but you could have a larger snack if you did it one afternoon. So, if I might, I'd like to plug. Uh, you know, we were talking earlier about um, content for like where to get content. I think there's a there's a tool that I've located down. Uh, there's a company called AnswerBase. I might recommend that your listeners consider them. As a resource for um, how to generate more content for the website. If, you're, if you've got a product that people ask questions about, then making sure you have those answers available uh, kind of wins the day, right? Like, yeah. you're differentiating yourself, your products. Um, I have no vested interest in them other than I found out about it and I was like, wow, this is really, really cool. I'm going to put this everywhere I can now. So I just figure people might want to know about that. And it does. Present the opportunity for a little bit easier content generation if that's a challenge for folks.
1: Awesome. Yeah, we'll make sure to link to all that in the show notes. Uh, And again, if people, uh, you know, they might have some questions about keywords or, you know, something a little bit more uh, grander of a project, how do they get a hold of you? What do they do?
0: Yeah, well, they can certainly find us at growwithtrigger.com. There's always a way to get a hold of us, phone number. Uh, contact form, etc. But but I would love to hear from people directly and they can just reach me at Ryan at ryan.growwithtrigger.com. Again, 2 W's in there, Grow With. Um, and I'd love to hear from people. Happy to answer questions of any kind and uh, learn what people are doing out there. I'm always fascinated by all the different types of products and, uh, and businesses that people have and what's like winning the day for them. So if they have got questions or if they found something that was working great, I'd love to know that too.
1: Awesome. Ryan, thanks so much for coming on the show today.
0: Sure. Thanks, Chase. I enjoyed it.
1: I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their journey and knowledge with us today. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our businesses. Links and more information will be available in the show notes as well. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, feel free to reach out and learn more at electriceye.io/connect. Also, make sure you subscribe and leave an amazing review. Thank you.